What is it you want? Real estate. It's the Red Hot Real Estate Show, where we can all find out how's it going for buyers and sellers in the real estate market. I have died and gone to real estate heaven. Looking to move? Hoping to sell? Call in with your questions to real estate expert Mimi Shoneman with Remax Results. I'm going to go out and buy a house. Here she is, your host, Mimi Shoneman. Yes, she is, Mimi Shoneman, your host of the Red Hot Real Estate Show and licensed realtor from Remax Results is with us again today. Hello, Mimi. Good, Good to morning. see you. Hello. Also with us, coming in hot from Cross Country Mortgage, Mr. Phil Olson. How's it going, Phil? Huh. <laughs> I didn't think I'd make it. <laughs> Let's hit one of those buttons. Is your mic on? There we go. There we go. Calm down, breathe. We're good. I got a thing. So we know now that Phil Olson can sprint. Yes, that's impressive. Take your breath. Take a breather. Well, I will say that the traffic was a little, little on the heavy side out there coming to the station. Because we are, are yeah. doing vacations. They're going to the fair, and we're letting people know that depending on what direction you come into my talk one zero seven one, we are very near the Minnesota State Fairground, so you can't end up getting stuck in traffic. I was a little concerned. I'm coming from the other side from you two. I was a little worried, and it was clear sailing for me. I was surprised because I, I have one of those exits, too, that I'm like, oh, Whoa, what's like, happen? I was like, yeah, so I ended up early to work today because I was worried. You. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's because I like to save my sprints for when I am on my spinning cycle. So uh, right, exactly. that works. That works. So but good to see you guys. It's been a little bit. Um, so we're going to go through a variety of things today here on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. But uh, I was thinking of both of you because all of those stories out there are still about how hot the market is and that you really need to have the right team to help you if you're going to be successful in all of these things. Yes. Um, the market is hot, but mm -hmm. I will say that it has, we have seen a slowing down. Mm -hmm. um, there's lots of uh, rumor on the street what's happening because we're noticing that the days on market are, are ticking up okay. uh, compared to maybe the March through June bracket of time. But we're still very much so in a seller's market because the, of the inventory shortage that we have. And right now we're coming in at a decrease in month supply of inventory. We're at 1.4 months. Okay. That is definitely up from, say, May okay. when we were like at 0. 0.9. Yeah, so about we'll, five basis points. We'll mm -hmm. take every single one point that we can get right um but that is still down 30 percent our median sales price has increased almost 12 percent to three hundred and fifty thousand throughout the 13 county metro right uh, that's nothing to sneeze at i think about this a lot mm -hmm. um you know my very first house uh, was in the early 90s was about one hundred and thirty-five thousand. right um and you know that was a big purchase for, right for us at that time in our life phil do you recall what your first purchase cost and when yes. that was? Yes, it was in Champlin. Yes. It was $172,000. Ah, was it oh. a full house, like a starter house? And no, it mm -hmm. was It was a, uh, uh, what would you call a split level mm -hmm. with a finished basement. And it had two bedrooms up and one bedroom down. Gotcha. And, okay. you know, just kind that you open the door and you walk up to the first floor or you walk down to the basement. Okay. So you had a full house. I remember mine. Mine was in 2004 and I had a townhouse in Eden Prairie. So only a townhouse. So I still had to share a wall with somebody. Mm -hmm. It was an N unit and it went for, I bought it for 185 And what year was that? 2004. Okay. Yeah. And then I ended up selling it. I had to do a short sale in 2009 
um, when everything started to crash. I think it was 2009, 2009, 2010, something like that. So I ended up having to sell it for like 125. Oh, painful. Yes. Short sales are so painful. It was a drag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Phil? As, as part of the research I do on a refi, yes. I always look at when did the client buy the house? Right. And what did they buy it for? I just came across one, Cottage Grove, mm-hmm. purchased in 1978. Wow. Okay. Purchased for seventy nine thousand. Yes, and is now worth three hundred and forty. That's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. That's, amazing. Uh, there you go. I mean, look at that seventy nine to three thirty four, two hundred and seventy thousand dollar increase. And if you were to divide seventy nine into that number, what is that? Five times? Oh, yeah. I mean, when people talk about wealth building, yes. this is exactly what we're talking about. And, and I have a follow-up question, but now that Phil's had a chance to catch his breath, I would like you to give your NMLS numbers, please. Thank awesome. You. NMLS 238103, Branch MLS 3790940, and, and I'm with to, Cross Country Mortgage. And Mimi, yes. to bring back to what you were about to say, um, I think it's also interesting, you know, with the example that Phil just brought up when we're talking about wealth building, the fact that this property has managed to uh, still increase dramatically in value, but it did take a pretty long lifespan, but it weathered all of that. So we had a couple of different dips in the housing mm-hmm. market, but the house is still completely, you know, turned in value. Well, we we did have a, a, a bracket of homes, I would say, that you're 500 plus thousand homes Mm -hmm. some of them were mirroring what was happening in the early 2000s Um, so when I moved to Minnesota was in 2005 and I was told then that there had never been anything like it that Mm -hmm. the market was on fire and that there was no negotiating but what I saw was that was true (laughs) by the way (laughs) but um, as we hit maybe like uh, 2019-20 that those numbers that we were seeing, some of those people were just coming out of the water. Phil, yeah. what yeah. you say? Well, I mean, I mean, if you take a look back at 07, 08, I literally saw $500,000, $600,000 homes in the Woodbury area drop $100,000, $150,000, Right. But in that time frame, I mean, we've had some dips. Yes. But if you look over, it's the lifespan right. of home ownership. It's not... Being in a home for three to five years, mm-hmm. it's it's holding on to a home. And when you have that equity, you roll it into that next home and you roll it into that next home. And that's how you really build the wealth. Because if you take a look at the housing market compared to the stock market, they're both on the same graph. It's an upward sloping graph. Right. With the understanding that there's some years you're going to lose money. Mm-hmm. You, you got to understand that. I think it's great because I, I, I use you both in the example uh, with my good friend who is also my hairstylist. So my friend Marie, <laughs> and we were talking about this a few months ago, and we, she owns her home. She bought her home a few years ago, um, and so she was talking about it because she loves love. Um, and producer Sonny will appreciate this story as well. She loves love. And so she and I were talking and she said, well, cause we were talking about our, our dating life. She goes, well, you know, if I end up, you know, she goes, I don't know. I love, I, I like my house, but if I get married again, then I'll probably sell it. And I was like, and I was like, pause. Like I stopped, I stood up. So she, I knew she'd be paying attention to me. You will not sell your home. <laughs> that is not just because you are in love with some man. That is not going to happen. You are going to maintain your property because that's how you, I said, if nothing else, if you need to think about it, that is going to be your son's legacy eventually. I'm like, you and your new potential future fantasy boyfriend that we haven't even really met yet, we're just thinking about, 
Y'all need to buy something together. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I agree with that philosophy right there. But Mm -hmm. you'll have to understand, too, that there's going to be a lot of dynamics going on in addition to what you advice you've offered up to her. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes people don't want to live in a house where your ex might have clothes home. Mm -hmm. I understand. Uh I think that's fine. I'm just saying that there's no reason for her to allow this other person to be control of her thing. I'm all for women being control control of their own property. I'm like, you can rent it out. You can hire somebody else. You figure out what you're going to do with this house. I agree. You know, (laughs) if you have the wherewithal to keep it and buy another house, I say bonus. Right. I agree. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. Call cash flow right that's right um i think one of the things one of the stats that i do want to make sure that we get out there is the significant change in the days on market right now we are only at 19 days okay so if you look at it this way it's from the time that somebody puts the house on the market till you actually get the keys okay that's three weeks a little over three weeks that's insanity. That's so fast mm-hmm. when you say, Phil. I mean, mm-hmm. like if I come to you and I say, Phil, I want to close in 19 days. We both know you can do it. Sure, I can but, do it. But you don't want it to many do it. Times. <laughs> don't want to do it because it's not going to be fun for the consumer. Okay. Because, I mean, let me put it to you this way. If the consumer met with me, say, three months ago, I've reviewed everything. I've got all their documentation. I've got all their documentation up front. Mm-hmm. And we're ready to go to underwrite right after they've made an offer, 19 days is a long time for me. Okay. But normally that's not the case. Right. And then every once in a while, sorry to say, there's curveballs that are thrown at me during the course of the process. Yeah, right. Listen to this. So 19 days, but in 2020, Mm -hmm. it was 41. Oh, Mm -hmm. okay. Just one year. And we thought 2020 was an abnormal. It was bananas, right. And so... There's a lot of pressure. Let me just let me just say to all the folks out there that are in transactions that you are dealing with humans. Mm-hmm. Mortgage people are humans. The underwriters are humans. The title people are humans. The realtors, the sellers, the buyers, all of us human. Show grace right. when you're able to. Um, that's the advice that I can give everybody Thank you, Mimi. everywhere. Yes. Can I ask you a question from the out from the the. Just a, a layman uh, perspective. So like in my neighborhood, um, I'll see the signs that pop up that say for sale. And then I'll see them transition to like there's one near my house that says sale pending. Um, when you are going through that process of the signage and those other things, how do you determine what it is and what do I if I was a consumer that might have been interested in that house? What does you know if I just see it and it's for sale, but now I see sale pending. Should I still call on it? Should I talk to somebody like how does that, what does it matter to me what okay. that sign says? Well, it's really a kind of a, a, a branding thing, in okay. my opinion. It's mm-hmm. to let the neighborhood and marketing know for that particular listing agent that this house is under contract and we've gone through the due diligence and we've gone through the steps. It may or may not yet have received what Phil and his business calls a clear to close okay. in order to market pending. But it's definitely gotten... Or final approval. Yes. Okay. It's definitely gotten past the home inspection and it's gotten past any of the HOA contingencies where it's ready to go. Uh, Phil and his underwriting department then would be pushing it to the next level, which is the clear to close. Okay. And that's the, that, those are the words that we all long to hear. Okay. Oh, those are beautiful words. It's like, honey, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But, Let's get married. But getting back to kind of your question, Miss mm-hmm. Shannon, is it's called a backup offer. Okay. okay. So every once in a while, I've seen mm-hmm. a backup offer deal falls apart 
And when you're in a backup offer and Mimi has the backup offer, she's waiting for that phone call to go, hey, is so-and-so still interested in this property because we had an issue? Now, at that point in time, Mimi's going to go, so what was the issue? Right. Well, we had uh, we have a bad septic, and we've got this, and we've got that. Well, that's probably maybe not the type of offer that her client would want to accept. Right. But then again, it could be client's financing fell through for one reason or another. And now since she's in a backup position, all right, she might have the opportunity to get that house. But I'm not seeing a lot of clients even getting in backup positions right now. No, but I have seen several over the last week or so where an offer has fallen through. Okay. And so you might consider using uh, monitoring pendings as a strategy to do a backup offer. But keep in mind... You know, Miss Shana, when you write an offer, mm-hmm. back up or not, you're a little bit committed. Okay. Right? All right. Mm-hmm. You know, and so yes. you've kind of gotten your hopes up about this place. You keep looking because you want to make an offer, then you've got to make sure that you cancel the backup offer and yeah, all no. that so that you don't get stuck with the potential of, of having two offers on the table. <laughs> right. Unless you can afford two houses. Okay. And, you know, Phil will take care of you there. Sure. Right. <laughs> Um, so we want to make sure everybody gives us a call. Mm-hmm. Um, we're feeling very much vacation e mode. I'm just <laughs> coming back from one of the most beautiful vacations I've ever had oh, um, here in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so we can talk a little bit about that. But I also want to let everybody know that if you've got questions or you want to text something, you can text mortgage mm-hmm. or real estate questions to 651 Five seven eight two two one eight, and that's uh, today and throughout the week. And you and can by, also oh, go ahead. And by all means, any caller call in. Mm-hmm. We would love. We're going to talk a little bit about what's closing costs and everything mm-hmm. like that. But we're open to any other question. I love questions. Right. And this is a great day for you to be part of the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Just call us at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back with Mimi Shoneman and Phil Olson. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071, streaming on MyTalk1071.com. Also, encouraging to go find our app. I'm Miss Shannon here with Mimi Shoneman from the Red Hot Real Estate Group and Remax Results, and also Phil Olson from Cross Country Mortgage. Okay, so we have now, I don't know how long it's been since the Dodd Frank thing happened. Mm-hmm. It's uh, been a few years, but we have what's called a closing disclosure, and that used to be a settlement statement. Or Called the good faith good estimate. Good faith estimate, yeah. yeah. And so what we thought would, we both, Phil and I, get questions on a routine basis about what does this mean? Um, just like last break, we were talking about what does that mean when somebody puts a pending sign up? And so this closing disclosure is how many pages, Phil? It's, it's uh, your, your average closing disclosure is about seven pages. Yep. All right. And uh, uh, in, in our world, it's all about disclosure. Okay. And I'm... I'm for it. It's awesome, to be honest but with you. But let's talk about why did this change? Why was it Why was it deemed necessary to change it to this new disclosure? Unfortunately, there were people in the business that had, that told a client that they could do something at this amount, at this rate, and then the client, one day before closing, would be called and said, Oh, we're sorry. Due to this, this, or this, your rate is increasing. Your costs are increasing. And uh, I've been in the business 21 years. I've been always upfront with my client. I tell them exactly what their costs are upfront. So 
this this form that they the government came out, I actually embrace. Okay. Okay. Because you I were like already it. doing these things. I was already yeah. doing those things. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Well, let's it, talk about what, what's included in a closing disclosure. And I, I also want to let the consumer, and Phil, this is a good thing for you to let them know that by law, the closing disclosure needs to go out to the borrower within so many days. Yep. So let, let's talk about what's called an LE and then what's called a CD. Okay. Okay. A loan estimate. Okay. Once you provide to a loan officer six specific items, address, loan amount, um, interest rate, social security, date of birth, a loan officer has a responsibility to send out what is called a loan estimate. Okay. Now, when you get a loan estimate, you can say it's an estimate. No, it's better than an estimate. Because you have what's called tolerance or a cure. Tolerance applies to all closing costs minus prepaid items. What are those? Taxes, insurance, prepaids, which is called prepaid interest, and your escrows. Okay. Let's, we want to stop it and not go any further than that. So prepaids, I have a lot of people say, what is a prepaid? So why don't we start with that? Okay. It all depends if it's a purchase or a refinance. Let's talk purchase. Let's talk purchase. Okay. Well, on a purchase, automatically, you're going to have to provide a 12-month homeowner's insurance binder. Yes. Okay. So you get a quote, and the quote is $1,200 a year. We divide that by 12. It means your homeowner's insurance is calculated at $100 a month. Mm -hmm. So, one, we're going to have 12 months homeowner's insurance. But now, if you're not putting 20% down, you're going to be required to escrow for taxes and insurance. Okay, then let's stop with that. I get another, people are very confused by the word escrow. Um, Escrow, would you like to define it? Sure. An escrow is basically a consumer savings account held with the servicer, Mm -hmm. not the lender. Okay. The servicer. They're the ones that are going to provide you that monthly statement online. They're going to be the ones that are going to calculate when your taxes need to be paid and how much needs to be paid. So when we talk escrows, we're talking taxes, insurance. It can also be mortgage insurance. But if you have a homeowners association, that is not included in an escrow. So the escrow people, the one who facilitates that, that's like me as the homeowner having a little mini accountant that's going to pay my taxes. Correct. Because now, because that, you know, for me personally, that means I got the thing saying that my taxes were due, but I knew that it was going to get paid. That wasn't on me. We have a lot of people that will get that statement mm-hmm. from the county and they'll freak out. Right. And say, oh, no, I owe I them money. Bill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we will have the conversation that your particular situation, like you, Miss Shannon. Yes. You have an escrow that's built into your mortgage payment. Sure. Right. And if you take a look at the statement, it will normally say this is not a bill. Right. And I don't remember if it said that because I, but I did <laughs> calm myself down. Well, that's because you go, black out when you get <laughs> right. that. Because <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, I owe fun people money. And then I have to remind myself as well yeah. with my home, my homeowner's insurance because I'm going, wait a minute, 
you did that. It's not, you're fine. You only have to pay your house. Just pay your car. Pay your car and relax. All right, so let's go back to this escrow thing. Right. Because in Minnesota and Wisconsin, they're totally different. Oh, okay. In Minnesota, taxes are due in April, and then they're due again in September. Mm -hmm. Depending on when you close, and I'm going to use an example of September. You close on September 1, we're going to collect six months for taxes because they're due. Okay. But hold one here. Every lender by federal law has to have what's called a cushion. That cushion is normally two to three months. Okay. So if you were to close on a $3,000 taxation, and let's divide that now, it's $250 mm-hmm. a month, we would collect nine months at two fifty as part of... Of the escrow. I do think we need to go a little bit deeper into this because I have one and I'm still confused, but we have to go to break. So we get back. Let's go more into this. Let's also take your calls. You can be part of the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Just call us at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071. It's only my job to talk, and some days I can't even get that right. But I am a Shannon here with Mimi Shodeman for the Red Hot Real Estate Group. Also with Phil Olson from cross-country mortgage reminding you you can call and be part of the show the number is 651-641-1071 okay so phil we uh, ended the break talking about escrows um let's wrap up that's just when a buyer has to bring extra money to the table because they want to prepay things you're you're required to make them do so home and homeowners insurance taxes based on the date that they're closing insurance cushion tax cushion and then you got what's called your your prepaid interest which is if you close on the 15th imagine the following you're going to pay interest on your home loan the first month all the way through the first so if there's 31 days and you close on the 15th you go 16 plus one you're going to have 17 days of interest only on your home loan and then the following month you have a grace period there is no payment and that is why when you close on a house you skip a month's payment correct for that very reason but people need to understand you're skipping a payment they're going to collect that at the end of the loan so you're always paying your mortgage in the rears by 30 days so when people look at their statement please folks don't look at your statement if you are Put another payment on top of it. Now you're pretty close to what your payoff is. As long as you haven't had late fees or you haven't gone through a foreclosure and then you've got legal fees being attached to that. Perfect. Right. So I, uh, okay, so we want to go to the phones now. We encourage people to call and be part of the show at 651-641-1071. Ben, thank you very much for your patience. It sounds like you have an escrow question for Phil and Mimi. Yes, yes, I do. So, Phil, we're, um, we were actually the save of the century. You helped us mortgage, uh, refinance our house here about a year or so, year and a half back. Awesome. But um, my question on escrow is we have been in a situation where we get a letter uh, indicating that we had a shortage in our escrow account and that they end up bumping up our actual mortgage payment to account for that shortcoming, that shortfall in the, in the escrow account. And was that taxes or was that insurance or both? You know, I, I don't recall which part of it it was, but I guess my, my main question is, if they're required to have a two-month reserve, how does the account ever get into that situation where there is 
a shortage in the account because we've it happened to us recently, but it's also happened to us. We've owned homes for you know had a mortgage payment 20, 25 years now, and it's happened three, four, five times. Just kind of curious as to how it gets into that predicament, into that situation. Well, by federal law, the the servicer can only hold so much money, and if they're if the account gets too heavy, they end up having to issue you a refund. Now, in the case of an escrow shortfall, it's due to the fact that either your taxes or your insurance went up quite significantly, and now they have to project your your monthly escrow, monthly amount that's going to accumulate, and by the time they have to issue another check, you're probably going to be anywhere between $500 to $1,000 short. Now, when that does occur, you're going to get basically two options. Option one, do nothing. You do nothing, automatically your payment will adjust upward to take into account for the escrow shortfall. Or, Ben, you should have received a servicing announcement that basically said, hey, if you pay us $560, and I'm just throwing a number out there, Mm -hmm. that if you pay that, then your escrow amount will be back in tolerance and you just continue to make the same payments. The problem with that, though, is if taxes go up again during the course of the year, you're going to get another notice the next year having to cough up more money. Yep. Okay. And that that's kind of what I thought might be the case. I think in ours, it's uh, our, our, our property taxes went up. But when you commented on the two-month reserve, it kind of you know had a raised eyebrow there. But that makes sense. I appreciate the answer, Phil. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks, Thanks Ben. Call. Yeah, because we have, as we said, even if you have a home, and Ben said he's had one for years, for decades, it's still, okay, how does this work? Well, you don't <laughs> see it every day. No. And so when you do, it's like, what? <laughs> yes. Okay. So you know, it's surprise. good to know. I, w- who I we wish asked. Ben would have given me his last name because I think I've probably done about ten or fifteen Bens in the last <laughs> year and a half. Oh, so. you don't recognize his voice? <laughs> no, I don't recognize oh. the voice. Well, keep in mind, it's still probably a little bit different as it comes through the, right. the station. And but everything we appreciate like that. whatever you did for Ben because it's clearly left and an impact on him. We don't want him to call back and tell us his last <laughs> name. No, he <laughs> can call you. Yeah, yeah, yeah you he can call email. me. Yeah. yeah, and you can go through your database and just send a thank you to all the Bens that you've done. Over the last couple of years. You said you did this last year, so that'll help narrow it down. That'll narrow it down. I mean, how many save of the centuries can you have? All right, so we we talked about an LE. An LE, understand all your closing fees that are, that if I were to quote them to you and put it in the form of an LE, that's a guarantee. Your fees cannot go up one penny. At what point do you issue? So you normally will say, uh, somebody wants to start looking at homes and you'll send them to your website to start filling out an application. Yep. Once they fill the application out, then at what point do you issue an LE? I will not issue an LE on a purchase until we have an executed purchase agreement. And there's a reason for that is once I issue an LE, that file, that lock, that address is attached to that specific number. Okay. Uh, and meaning, if the deal falls apart, guess what Phil Olson has to do? I have to start all over. That means all the documents have to come out of that one file. They have to go into a new file. I have to set up a new file. I have to restructure everything. So I just a- had a really interesting thought. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just thinking, okay, so... He issues that when he gets a purchase agreement. Right. He works with a lot of different, 
you know, buyers. Mm -hmm. Let's just say that you, me, and Sonny offer on the same house. I've had it happen before. And we're all working with Phil, and he has to issue LEs to all of us, Mm -hmm. or just the winning bid. Just the winning bid. Gotcha, okay. Okay. So the LE is the initial document that has to go out within three days Mm -hmm. of the the documents going out. Okay. Okay. So once I populate that, that home address, I have three days to get that out. Okay. Okay. If I don't get out that mortgage paperwork within three days, guess what I have to do? Do a free loan. Oh, buy, nice. Buy, well, nice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but believe Strategy. me, it's, it's, it's not free folks. It's coming out of Phil Olson's pocket. But Phil, I'll be honest with you. It was very freeing when you guys did my loan. They go like Mimi's like, no, the this paper is the paper. And to know that when I showed up on that Wednesday, it was this paper. And I knew that is what called to do. the closing disclosure. Yes. And, and your LE, my LEs are always close. My CD is going to be 100%. Right. And the CD gets reconciled by the title, buy side, sell side, mm-hmm. and my closing department. And guess who's the last one that has to review it and sign mm-hmm. off? I have to sign off on it. I mean, yeah, it made a difference to sit there and go, you I mean, you were still like, bring a checkbook just in case, but you won't need it. And it was still good to just go, okay. And I knew what to do. And I got to stop at my bank and get everything together. Mm-hmm. And I knew what I need, how, what to be. It, it felt so much better this time than when I bought my townhouse. And a when, you, years when ago. you look at your CD, I believe it's like page five, mm-hmm. it's going to show you the numbers that got quoted to you on the LE. Mm-hmm. Compared to the numbers on the CD. Right. Now, the only way those numbers could increase, unbeknownst to me, your taxes were more, your homeowner's insurance was more, or we had to escrow for more for one reason or another. Let me give you an example of that. You buy a townhome. Yes. Sometimes in the townhome covenant, it requires that that consumer fund the association two, three months and they have to pay an admin fee. And when you tally those all together, it could be five, $600. Right. And now the consumer's having to come to the closing with more money, and they're going to go, well, Phil, I'm going to go, folks, that's your association. That has nothing to do with the closing costs for the loan. Right. Separate issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the kinds of things that you would want to learn about during the 10-day right of rescission when you have make a, make an offer on a property that is affiliated with an association in Minnesota. You have 10 full days to review everything. Okay, You can get out of your offer for any reason or no reason at all during those 10 days. And so use that time to review all of the financials, the rules and regs, the covenants, all of the things so that you uh, don't have that surprise. And if those things are kind of confusing to me as the purchaser, because that's something I can talk to you, Mimi, about as my real estate agent to go, what does this mean? Or do you think this or is this normal? Have you seen this before? Such as. So if I'm uh, reading something and there's some additional legalese, like what Phil just said with my homeowners association, is that something that you can help me go? Yeah, I've seen it before. That's weird. All the time, ask the question. Yes. If okay. We, if we don't know, then we can find out. Okay. Yeah, a hundred percent. We got we got lawyers on both sides okay. of the fence here that we can go to if we need to get legal advice. Because yeah. you might go, you know what, I now that we see that, that's non standard, let me see. Or right. you know, at least you mm-hmm. know if you're agreeing to it, 
it's something that you go, it's not standard, but you can do it and it's in your interest or it's not, but at least you know. Right. Okay. And you know that we can do an entire show on homeowner associations and things to think about, mm-hmm. and we have done them. Um, but that is really important. A lot of people, I think, don't take it all that seriously. They don't really read it. Right. Um, and it's important to know and to kind of monitor like how often is your homeowner association raising your your dues. Right. All right. So... When people come to me, they always go, so how much do we have to put down? Mm-hmm. Now, when I speak, I talk about the down payment for the mortgage. Okay. But so let's just use a hypothetical. We do a Fannie Mae home ready 3% down program, $200,000 home. That's $6,000. Mm-hmm. But that's not everything. Right. What people need to understand is, is the mortgage company is only one seventh of the people that are involved in the transaction. Gotcha. Okay. So think about seven pieces of pie being split up. All right. Now, CCM, we're a flat fee company. Okay. Okay. We're we're thirteen ninety five. That's it doesn't make a difference. A hundred thousand dollar loan, a million dollar loans. That's what we're gonna charge you for that loan. And right. it gets broken down into three areas. It's basically your admin fee, your underwriting fee, and your processing. Okay. Free. Some companies, they'll put it as an origination fee. Okay. All right. So you just see it all lumped together. Then there's some companies that will charge those fees and they'll charge a 1% origination fee just to do the loan. Okay. And then there's the brokers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now the brokers, all right, they might be making two and a half or 3% on a loan. Okay. And it and it shows they have to list it. Okay. But they're gonna make two and a half percent. I'll tell you, we don't make two and a half percent. Okay. We're one percent. Okay. And what ends up happening is you'll see that on the closing disclosure that they charged you two and a half percent. But then they're giving you a lender credit of two and a half percent. But what what did that what did that loan cost you? Exactly. Right. Well, you know, so I'm looking at the second page of a closing disclosure and some of the things that are on here, uh, the categories, it's closing cost details. The first category is the origination charge and services the borrower did not shop for, services that the borrower did shop for. So when we come back from the break, we'll go into those with a little bit more detail. Right. And you can also be part of the show. Call us at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. Sitting here with my friend Mimi Shoneman and Phil Olson. And, you know, I, I've been hanging out with you guys for a few years now. And it's funny because I you looked I, much younger and, and more thank beautiful. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. You put some blue highlights in your hair. She's, she's out. aged well like a fine one. And you know uh, what, indeed. Mimi? You have not aged a day either. Girl, you look the same, girl. Mm, I you. think it's that. You know what it is. Whatever cream you use. You need to tell me because it is magical. It is magical. And Phil, you're just in stasis. It's Uh, like, it's just stasis. He came in here when he was 16. He got his mortgage license. He's just been doing this. And now I'm just a great eagle, right? (laughs) A great eagle. I love it. I love it. You can be part of the show, too, whether you are a great eagle or just in stasis. Call us at 651-641-1071. But real talk, like, I've been hanging out with you guys for a significant period of time. And I'm still like, wait, there's another thing that I'm like, can you break it down a little bit more for me? And I talk to you guys every week, and that's what I think is really interesting about the show and why we continue to encourage all of our listeners, if you have a question, 
you are not the only one. You no. know, it really is valid to sit there and go, well, I wouldn't know this whole thing. There's good for you to have a team. And this is what you get when you listen to the show. And when you call Mimi and Phil, this helps you have a team because it's all right to sit there and go, no, I don't get it. I don't or, understand. Somebody mm-hmm. has explained it to me and I still don't understand it because you don't deal with it every day. And even when you were saying, you know, in the break, we were talking about the last time I bought a home. 20 years ago now and you're like it was totally different back then it was yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the one thing i'm gonna have to say is is the thing about mimi and i and we've worked together for many 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 years and we've done hundreds and hundreds of transactions mm-hmm. i don't think it's very often that mimi goes man i need to call phil on this or phil has to call mimi or we have to call the legal department we normally know the answer mm-hmm. and i mean it's it Matter of fact, I actually love it when I have to say the following. Wow, that's a new one. That's a new one on me. Let well, me that's make because s- you like to solve puzzles. Yeah, well, yeah. He had to deal with that with me. I had a weird thing. And yeah. he's all like, this is a weird thing. Let me figure it out. And yeah. he figured it out. Yeah. But it was, okay, this doesn't normally happen. I'm like, you are correct. I am a black unicorn. Welcome to my world. Yeah. But it's good to go that, you know, you aren't alone by going, I don't know this part of math. I don't know this part of this. Because it is a different, specific methodology with the well, way a lot of this has to get done. Well, the nice thing about the closing disclosure is it is very specific for those mm-hmm. folks out there that are high C's. Yes. Extremely detail-oriented. And you want to know exactly, precisely. But mm-hmm. for those people, a lot of people just want to know benchmark. Yeah. And How much so, money am I coming to the table with? Or what, what percentage of the sale is going to be the closing costs and what percentage is going to be the down payment? Right. And we typically say you can kind of count on 3% for your closing costs. That's a benchmark. Yep. Is that going to be exact? No. Well, here, uh, on a $100,000 home, now your closing costs will probably be about 4%. Well, you aren't going to find that nugget no, anywhere I, around no, here. No, <laughs> I, I understand that. But then again... <laughs> Let's say we have a $500,000 home. For somebody to say it's going to be 3%, I'd say no, it's probably going to be closer to 2.4%. Yeah. It all depends on how much your taxes are and insurance are and if the consumer is escrowing or not, which is not required. Right. Well, let's talk. We did also talk during the break about um, some of the things that you hear are marketing strategies. Right. Uh, such as the no-cost closing loan. Um, I'm sure many of you people uh, listening may have seen it, may have heard it. Phil, bring we'll it down We'll do your for loan us. for free. Okay. okay? Oh, yes. uh, no closing. Co- oh, by the way, we've got a no closing cost option. I'm going to tell you right now, I wish they had to explain that in the radio advertisements and the television advertisements because it just makes me cringe. Okay. Right. Okay. Because from your mortgage perspective, explain how that gets rolled into the whole sure. thing. You can you can do a no closing cost loan on some mortgage products. All right. So let me give you an example. Let's say it's an FHA loan. And let's say it's a three hundred thousand dollar loan. The client needs seven grand. Uh the going rate right now, let's say is two point seven five percent. And instead of me telling my client the lowest rate I can get you is two point seven five percent. But no, instead I say and our going rate is three and a half percent. No, by the way, you have no closing costs. Mm-hmm. Well, hold one here. You're paying a 0.75, three quarters of a percent higher interest rate with P 
people need to understand the following as well. There's no guarantee rates will drop. There's no guarantee you'll ever refinance. And if you do that loan, your break-even analysis on that is about three and a half years, which means you stay in that home for five years, that lender loves you because they've made so much more money off of it. Wow, okay. You always want to pay your closing costs. One, pay your closing costs out of pocket. Don't roll them in if you can, all right? Because if you pay your closing costs and you roll them into your loan, instead of it is paying $6,000, over 30 years, you'll pay have, have paid $6,500. Okay. So, in other words, you're, you're doubling your closing costs because the interest that's accumulating on it. Let me ask you this question. Okay, so we all know that there are certain, certain circumstances that when people are cash-strapped, Yes. You know, you could be coming out of a illness. You could have had a divorce. You may have just lost your job and got a new job. Lots and lots of reasons. No judgment. Um, but let's just say that they don't have enough to do it. And they do want to roll the closing costs into the loan. Sure. But then they know that in, let's just say it's tax time. They know they're going to get a refund at tax time. Is there anything they can do to then make it different? Sure. Yeah, I mean, a couple things you can do. One, with CCM, we have what's called a recast and a reamortization program. If you've got over $10,000, you know, uh, burning a hole in your pocket, you can apply that towards your loan, drop your payment. It's not a refinance. Your term and your rate remain the same. Then again, you could just, at the end of the year, put an additional $1,500 towards your mortgage, your, your principal, do that four years in a row. You've now covered your closing costs, and you're now not paying interest on that because understand a mortgage is compounded daily okay. based on the term. Right. So, and that brings up a completely different thing. You know, some I guess it was the mortgage person that I first used when I bought my house uh, in the early 90s that gave me some good advice about paying one extra payment a year and putting that entire amount towards principal, and then that would significantly reduce the number of years that you'd have to make your mortgage payment. And I've always thought about that, and I've always I've always adhered to that. And I can't remember exactly how many years that three and a half years. It. I thought it was like 30, seven. No, it takes a thirty. Takes a thirty down to about twenty six and a half. Really? How do mm-hmm. I make sure that that payment goes to principal? It's pretty simple. You got mm-hmm. your statement. You yeah. just apply. You'll write in that additional amount towards okay. principal. Okay. Gotcha. And so when they get the statement back, you would just look closely to see if it actually it dropped it by that amount. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And that's definitely something you want to make so sure you do. getting back to a no closing cost loan, there's no such thing. Nobody does nothing for free. Right. All right. You're going to be charged a much higher rate. Mm -hmm. The only time a no closing cost loan should be used, in my opinion, is if you're going to be in that home, it's temporary. I'm going to be there for three years. Okay. Now, in that situation, a no closing cost loan might be a good scenario. Gotcha. I'm going to sell my home. I'm doing a refinance cash out and I'm going to take this money, fix my house. And I'm going to sell it next year. Now, there's another reason to maybe do a no closing cost loan because your break even analysis would probably be about three years. So guess what? You're selling in a year. That was a good deal for you. Okay. Well, all great information. Um, when we come back, we are going to go down and talk about the the different types of... Uh, we're done. Oh, we're finished. <laughs> 
Well, then we won't do when any of that. When we come back in another show, yeah. another yes. day and time. Another day and time. Yes, look how just fast. It's just pure joy being exactly. here with you. Exactly. So that just means that they need to find you during the week, Mimi. 651-578-2218. You can text mortgage or real estate. Right. You can also find us on mytalk1071.com, keyword red hot. And you can reach me at 651-238-6748. Phil Olson with Cross Country Mortgage. See you next time. Paying bills on time? Oh, yeah. Not maxing out credit cards? That's what I'm talking about. Learning what credit utilization is? Yes, give yourself credit. You can reach some pretty big goals like home ownership by taking small steps like those to build up your credit. Get started by leveling up your credit knowledge at FannieMae.com slash credit education. That's FannieMae.com slash credit education. Home ownership, here you come. Hey.